As entrepreneurs, we face many challenges. One is to find the right group that we're really passionate about serving and then doing it. And as an entrepreneur, this is one of the biggest challenges when you realize that you can create amazing things. And our next entrepreneur, he's done exactly that. Richard Rossi has built an amazing business serving young people that he's passionate about making future leaders. He had the most successful business in the world, okay, and took it full cycle. I mean, this is entrepreneurs, this is stuff we love. He took it full cycle, both in training them to be successful from a standpoint of leadership and life success. Over 600,000 young people from around the world, and he built it to 100, 130 million of revenue each and every year. I mean, wow, you know, that's amazing. And then he sold it. And then he's doing it all over again. And I can tell you, this is a, an unbelievably talented individual who's gonna share some hard-learned lessons on how you can do the same. Stay tuned. Ordinary success? No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard, watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com Richard, I am so excited to have you here with the magic of Skype. Uh, you are a good friend and I've, I've known you over the years, both from Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach. Uh, you facilitated one of the meetings four years ago, a series of meetings. Uh, and it was unbelievable meeting you there. And then I saw you with Joe Polish at a mastermind group, and I've been following your career. And there's a lot of guys that talk about doing it. You've done it. And uh, so first of all, thank you for joining and sharing with our audience. Well, it is my pleasure. I'm glad to be here, and I appreciate you asking me. Well, and, and Richard, you know, I, I gave a little bit away in the introduction, but I, I want, you know, to me, one of the, the biggest challenges is kind of nailing it, getting a process going, and then scaling it up. And you've done both. I mean, in your previous business, I mean, 600,000 young people, most of us would have a hard time, you know, with one classroom full of people. And, you know, making that big a you know, den in the universe, that's a huge den in the universe. How did that all come about? Well, it's a long story, but in, in brief, I worked for nine years in the United States Senate, and during that time, I was asked to run the summer internship program for my senator, and that exposed me to young people learning about democracy and civics in Washington, and I got very interested in that. So after I left the senator's office, I got to thinking about, could we do this as a business? Could we bring young people from all around the country to Washington and teach them what it means to be a good citizen, teach them what it means to be an American that you have to not only take, but you have to be part of the process. And that's what got me thinking about starting my very first organization. I'll tell you, John, I've never actually had a job. I've, I don't consider working in the United States Senate to be your typical job. After that, at 25, I became an entrepreneur, started this little venture. I put $2,500 in, my partner put $2,500 in. We took one gamble. If we were wrong, we would have had to go back and find another job, but we were right. And from that little 
beginning. We we uh, we built this amazing company over twenty six years. Well, and, and you know, this is something that all of us, you know, as entrepreneurs, some start with a lot of capital, some start with negative capital. Five thousand is probably pretty close to what most of us started our businesses with, but. You just, you know, this is all about creating a community. You and I are involved in a couple mastermind groups getting together, and that's what we're doing here virtually. And we're sharing insights to accelerate our success. And I mean, I'm going $5,000, an idea, some experience the two of you had, and growing to $130 million of revenue at the end and then selling it. Okay. And the thing that I know you personally, how important it is for you to help the next generation really be successful leaders. So, I mean, that, this is kind of a dream comes true where there, there's a little more step than putting $5,000 in. I mean, what are some of the lessons that you want to share with our, our like-minded entrepreneurs? Well, I think that uh, the, the first lesson is that it really helps when you start your very first business to be completely ignorant because <laughs> I believe, and I mean this very seriously, that we as adults, as mature adults, that the biggest thing we face, the biggest problem as entrepreneurs is fear. And, and it's, you know, some will call it lack of confidence or lack of discipline or lack of focus. I honestly think number one is fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of rejection, fear of not being capable. Uh, and there's another dozen things that you could put in the fear category. And when you're 25 years old, when you are judgment proof, when you have never failed because you've been too young to fail, it actually helps pretty well much. And then the second thing, of course, is a hell of a lot of luck at the beginning. And I think we as entrepreneurs know that no matter how good we are, you need a little luck. Uh, and it, I love studying uh, business biographies. And when you look at people like Bill Gates or Steve Jobs or others of that nature, let me tell you, luck without question played a role in all this. Um, so I had that. I had that, and I had a little bit of direct response marketing background. I used it. Uh, we took a guess as to what the right approach was and what the right audience was and the right message, and we were lucky enough to be right. And that's how it all got started, uh, through direct response, in my case, direct mail. Yeah, and one of the things, Richard, that I think is so powerful, I mean, one, you know, the two issues, one, you know, fear, uh, that one's universal. I mean, as a matter of fact, if you're not afraid, then you're probably missing something. And I want to get to that, back to that again, because you did, you know, many of us think of ourselves as serial entrepreneurs. And once we've got a little bit of capital, it's a little harder to start that next business because fear can enter. You know, all of a sudden there's expectations and, you know, people, of course, Richard, you're going to be hugely successful. And it's like, Oh, well, maybe not, you know, tight thing. And so we have that in the back of mind. But I want to go to, you know, really taking luck. And one of the things that you, being successful on purpose, you know, I, it, you know chance favors the prepared mind. You are an unbelievable direct mail guy. Um, I mean, 
I've seen some of your marketing and I'm in awe. Everything I've ever gotten from you, Richard, I scan it in my computer. I go over it with my team. And the reason I scan it, right, give it to them because we got virtual ones and you only gave me one copy. But uh, <laughs> it's, you know, how, where did you get that knowledge? Because this is something that you excel at. I mean, it helps you fill your passion, but you know, I don't remember, you know, I got a couple master's degrees, a, a lot of life lessons. I didn't start really learning about direct mail until I ran into guys like you, Richard. Well, it's not going to happen in school. It's not going to happen in undergraduate or business school. In fact, uh, I tell young people, for God's sake, don't don't have a marketing major because I'm just going to have to unteach you all those things. <laughs> I have a friend that teaches marketing out in uh, Missouri. Believe it or not, the four textbooks in college that he is uh, actually required to use were all written by theorists. Not yeah. one of those individuals ever went out and earned a dollar with that information. Uh, I learned uh, direct response marketing actually at the Republican Senatorial Committee, which is part of the Republican Party. And they do magnificent uh, direct mail. And I had the good fortune of meeting a guy by the name of Al Mitchler, a name no one knows, but he built uh, the Republicans' database and marketing machine into uh, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars a year um, uh, organization. And he taught me, really, <clears throat> the basics of direct response marketing. And that's what I used when we started our first business. I honestly just took one of the packages that uh, he had invented and pretty much just knocked it off and I call it I call it repurposing Richard we don't knock call, things uh, off stealing smart <laughs> and we do that uh, in our business and in, in our in marketing constantly now there's a difference between stealing smart and stealing yeah no there's a big but, difference it's <laughs> but taking an idea and mm. reproducing it absolutely done all the time and in this case uh, the package that you scan into your computer is not terribly different from the one that I learned at the Republican Senatorial Committee. Well, and one of the things that, uh, let me make sure, because you know, sometimes it's a danger that I know the guests uh, well, and I know you, Richard, sure. we were hanging out last week together for a couple of days at a, uh, another mastermind group, and we were both, before we got started, talking about how much we learned, and it was uh, Robin Robbins, uh, just a phenomenal coach of uh, uh, MSPs. I didn't know what that stood for until I met Robin, but uh, uh, managed service providers and she just phenomenal business person. And, you know, getting together like that is huge. And I never thought about hanging out with the Republican Party or the Democratic Party learning direct mail, but I, I, I should. I get enough mail that I should know that. But the, the one thing that I'm under the impression, and I wanna, I'm not sure if I'm right, that you're big on, you know, so many uh, entrepreneurs, we, we want to try all different types of marketing. You're pretty focused on how you approach things. Well, these days I'm, I'm heavily into integrated uh, marketing, which means often I start with the direct mail piece and then I progress to email, to web, to the telephone and future, uh, I'm hoping face to face. But here's the point. It all depends what you're selling. now. I sell a multi-thousand dollar event to parents who not only have to give me money, but have to give me their child. And I ask them to put that child on a plane and come to Washington, D.C. by themselves. 
I can't send an email and achieve that goal because that parent is not going to trust me. But when I send a beautiful piece of direct mail that has foil on it, that looks like a wedding invitation, that is embossed, that is, quite frankly, has gravitas, it changes the conversation. So someone very wisely said in the year 2014, it's never been harder to get the first sale, but it's also never been easier to get subsequent sales. So once you get that person's trust, and really you need three things to make a sale. You, the person has got to want what it is you're selling. That's number one. Number two, somehow, some way, they've got to be able to pay for it. And then number three, they've got to believe you. And I'll tell you what, in the 21st century, number three is by far the biggest challenge. And I find in my world that, at least in what I'm selling, direct mail is the best way to begin that relationship of trust. Well, and I, I want to go, Richard, you sold your business, you and your partner sold your business, you had a non-compete, was it for one year? Well, these foolish, foolish people let me get away with a 14-month non-compete. Okay. And to, to all the folks that are watching out there, when you sell your business, do not, do not, under any circumstances, let management get away with less than a three-year non-compete. No, because I, what you're really I had buying, to do a five-year. Well, five, five of you, if you can get it enforced. Yeah. No, uh, in, in California, if it's a large enough check, they can enforce five years here. Well, whatever you can get away with, yeah. but don't be cheap. Pay for that. Uh, agreement if, if the uh, management team wants it because what you're really buying is exclusivity. You're buying um, a few years without any competitors and you really need that. So yeah, 14 months. Well, and I, and I want to go to what you, so you, you had all the life experience. Uh, uh, let's touch on fear, but I also want to touch on the challenge. The biggest challenge that I saw, you know, all of a sudden you're creating, you're asking you know, hundreds of parents to s write a check, because I'm assuming the child's not writing the check, and to pay, you know, a few thousand dollars, you know, travel, everything else coming out, and hang out with you. And I remember looking at the direct mail piece, and I don't have kids, but if I had kids, I knowing you, I would have put them on a plane right away. But not knowing you, I would have gone and said, is this real? It's almost too good. And you know, the average affluent family and your marketing to affluent families gets 4,000 marketing messages a day. So tell me how, you know, you're, you had a little time, 14 months to be thinking about what you wanted to do next. How did you decide and how did you rise to the occasion? I want to, uh, you know, let them know what you're doing because you're doing some pretty amazing things, Richard. Well, listen, John, I got to tell you, this is where fear comes in. <clears throat> we did sell the business. Um, I did leave with a, a good reputation, and then it all started to, I mean, the, 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 it's interesting, like the, the first couple of months, it's just a relief, because selling a business is a horrific process, even in the best of mm -hmm. times, and you're negotiating, and it gets ugly, so you're just recovering for a couple of months, and then for a few months after that, you're like, oh my God, I can do anything I want, I think I'll fly here, I think I'll fly there. And then all of a sudden you realize, well, I got to start thinking about what the next thing is. And that's where fear sets in. Mm -hmm. That's where fear sets in because you think, what if I fail? What if I fail? What will my friends say? What will my family say? Um, uh, and, and it's huge. I mean, well, and you're what, this successful guy now and everybody expects you to just keep on going up, you know, linearly. And it's, 
that's you know I've sold a few businesses and been at that point too, and it's like, wow, you know. Well, so how did well, you overcome it? Well, really, what they don't tell you um, is that once um, once you've sold that business, when you really get thinking about it, and dark, dark secret of an entrepreneur is that a little piece of them always thinks that their success was because they were lucky, mm-hmm. and they wonder, can I do it again? Can I pull it off again? Or maybe. Maybe I was just lucky the first time or the first two times. Um, and I had to face all of those demons. I really did. And in fact, our mutual friend Dan Sullivan says, when you sell your business, you've got to get going within 12 months or you'll never get going because it'll just become all too damn fearful to you. So yeah, I went through that process and I got to thinking about who was it that I wanted to be a hero to? Mm-hmm. Um, what was it that I could devote the next couple of decades to? Because I'm not one of those, I'm not a quote unquote serial entrepreneur. I am an entrepreneur, but I like to get into something and then stick to it for a long mm-hmm. time. And when I went through that exercise, I realized that I was in love with the high achieving child. This is the audience I had served for 26 years. If you think, that kids these days are bums or that the future is in trouble. Hey, man, just spend a couple of days in my shoes with the young leaders of tomorrow and you will change your tune. They are the most amazing, focused, committed, lovely, intelligent young people. And they're not just a few of them. There are hundreds of thousands of them around the country. And that's the audience I served and that's the audience I decided I wanted to continue to serve. But how? So I wanted to reinvent the model that I had uh, previously used in the old company and I decided I wanted to make it bigger, shorter, cheaper, better um, and I, I settled on what for lack of a better description is a large-scale TED conference uh, for high-achieving young people that all focuses on one area. The first one was medicine and we can talk a little more about that but hey let me tell you when I started thinking about that all I got was negative feedback. Oh no, Richard, uh, you've got this all wrong. Kids won't come for just two days. They won't bring their parents. Uh, the sessions are too long. The breaks are too long. The the t- the material well, and, and is how too many, intensive. And you're not talking about bringing a group of thirty people together. What were you targeting here? When you well, in the plan? first event we had, we had three thousand five hundred high school students and three thousand of their parents. So this was a stadium size event. Uh, and if you look at the little sizzle reel at the top of FutureDocs.com. Yeah, let me, I'm going to put that up on the screen here. And so, you know, those who are watching the video, you, you can see this is, you know, Richard's first focus niche. And I want to go to what else you're thinking about, but helping sure. these young people who want to be FutureDocs. And it's FutureDocs.com. And I got to tell you, um, go there. Uh, go there and play the sizzle reel. And, and without kids, uh, I've been married 33 years, but I don't have kids. And uh, I, sometimes I wonder, Richard, and I, I'll tell you, I was so inspired just with the sizzle reel that, you know, just hearing these kids and the inspiration and what they want to do. I mean, this is, this is wow. And this is, you know, there is no way apparent that in the case of this one, you know, with the physicians, if they watch that and their child wants to get in there, there is just no way they're not going to send them. I mean, it's just not going to happen. When they believe, and we touched on this earlier, and I want to tell you, that's my biggest problem. 
uh, it was that people would throw that package away and say, this is a scam. This can't be real. And now it's a little easier because we've got one uh, under our belt and the, the social media is unbelievable. The testimonials are unbelievable. The past speakers are unbelievable. And that sizzle reel says an awful lot. So it's getting better. But listen, let me tell you something. I sent test mailings out in March 15 of last year. Two months later, the returns were sketchy, very sketchy. I mean, I had to make a well, go. This is, yeah, I want to make sure everybody's listening. Test, test, test. And sometimes you test and it doesn't come back right, though. <laughs> well, most of the time it doesn't. I right. mean, one of the ways I describe testing is like a, a key ring, right? And there are 20 keys. Two keys might open the magic door. But you might have to try 10 keys, 12 keys, 14 keys before you get to one of those two keys that will open the door. One of the big novice mistakes that people make in direct response is they stop too soon. They try one or two mm -hmm. things and go, oh, you know, X doesn't work. It doesn't work in my world. Well, guess what? What the pros know is that you've got to keep pounding away at it because you'll rarely hit the right tempo on the first try. But, and, and, and frankly, my first attempt was marginal. And I, I went into a deep depression. I mean, I got really, really down. Well, why why thought, would you not? <laughs> you know? I mean, I was surprised how down I got. And I mean, uh, I, I, it, was, it was a true depression. And I uh, started thinking, Jesus, it, it's true. My first win was luck. Look at this. I yeah. sent this thing out, and uh, it's so meager. The returns are so terrible. And I went into this. I was convinced this was the magic piece. I knew it. I'd been thinking about it for so long. But uh, I had to make a tough call. Well, and this is huge. And I, I, want every, I want to just stop for a second, Richard, because, you know, this is very personal, and I really appreciate you sharing. And, you know, everybody we got on, you know, watching it or listening, I mean, you're successful entrepreneurs. I got to tell you, there's nobody that gets out of life unscarred. I mean, we all go through this stuff. And, you know, I've had the privilege of, uh, because being in financial services, I have a lot of billionaires that I know. There's only 1,200 and I know a fair number of them. And sitting down, they have been scarred. And, they, and on occasion, they're still scarred. Uh, going forward. And so this is a big deal. And, and this is where it's so important to have a great support group to help you through these periods. It's not that they're going to solve the problems, but they're, they're going to help you think about the problem so you don't let this get behind you. And, and you know, you rose to the occasion. You, you've got a great team around you. And because I'm thinking it's one thing I test marketing a lot, but I don't have to fill a stadium. I mean, you know, you got to fill the stadium. That's huge. Well, I will say, uh, if you're one of those people that has to support the individual who's out there and having a tough time, here's what they do not need to hear. They do not need to hear, you're awesome, you'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, and that's what I was hearing. I was hearing, oh, my God, you know, you're blah, blah, blah. Don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you have no idea what you're talking about, right? I mean, the chances of me hitting a successful uh, direct marketing process the first, second, or third time, yeah. time is small. It's like, don't tell me that because it simply isn't true. I may, in fact, not hit it. Um, but what you should say is, look, let's talk about it. What have you tried? 
Um, tell me about the returns. What can we? What do you think you can do better? You know, don't let don't let yourself. Don't, don't, you know, yes, you should feel negative, but don't, don't start seeing shadows that aren't there. Believe in yourself. That's the message. But don't start telling people, slap on the back, hey, buddy, you'll figure it out. That's not what people need to hear because it's, hey, it's simply not true. No, and it's, and, and particularly when we're down, somebody telling us, you know, it's going to get better doesn't do it alone. I mean, it's, you know, we need to be thoughtful in a process. Let me do the next segment here. And I want to talk about your passion. You've already kind of teased us a little bit. And, you know, you're, you, you really want to help all these future young leaders. And I tell you, I'm, I'm so glad you're doing it. You know, you and I and many of our fellow mastermind groups are working on, you know, living for a long time. And I want to have young leaders coming up, making a difference in the world as well. And, and so what other, you know, things are you going to do beyond future docs? Well, um, listen, first of all, I want to say that one of the big uh, negatives that, that I was, well, what people were saying to me that was negative was, hey, Richard, you're putting 3,000 kids in a room. Nobody's going to feel special. This is like a meat market. And guess what? And I was worried about that because they very well could have been right. But they were completely wrong. Here's what happened. Picture a rock concert. What if there's only 100 people there? You may come away saying, well, that was a good, that was a good group, but you didn't feel it. Right. It was because there were 20,000 people there that you felt it. Well, what ended up happening was that these young people came into the stadium, young people who often are awkward because they're so smart and they're not understood and appreciated by their teachers and their counselors and sometimes by their peers, and they looked around and they said, oh, my God. I've found my tribe, I found my family, I found people who get me. And what happened over those two and a half days is there was a magical experience that actually could not have been caused or could not have happened were it not for the volume of brilliant kids that were there. So the answer to your question, and by the way, there's a, a hard 3.5 minimum in our program. So every kid in the room is an A student and they have to demonstrate it. I'm going to go next to science and technology, and after that, I'm going to add my personal passion, uh, which is life success skills. I believe that if young people could learn what you and I have learned in our 30s or 40s or 50s and learn that when they're 14 or 15 or 16 years old, they would have the greatest advantage that any young person could have. And I'm talking about the things that the Tony Robbinses teach and Dale Carnegie's teach and so on that we've learned about confidence building and goal setting and communication and we skills. Only, and we only buy after we're out of all the formal education and uh, we have to do the discovery totally on our own. It's crazy. You will never, ever learn that in school. It ain't happening. And in the world of no child left behind, the chances of it happening are going down and down and down. This is a time when they're they're cutting out, you know, phys ed because they got to get through so much of the basics. But here's the message: if you are a parent, you can and you should take the time to teach your child the life success skills that, frankly, 
are what you use every day to be successful because you ain't conjugating any verbs on a daily basis. <laughs> but your ability to be confident, to communicate effectively, to be a great listener, to be likable, to negotiate, time management, I could go on and on. That is what is making you and keeping you successful and that is what your children need to learn and understand. And that's going to be I think for me that's going to be the big one. I'm hoping I can put tens and tens of thousands of young people through that training every year. Yeah, it's, it's so powerful, Richard, and I, I'm going to be there cheering you on too because it is making a big difference. Let's go to another section here, though, and I want to get, I mean, because it's so easy to say, well, Richard's training kids and so on. These are lessons for all entrepreneurs. One, we want to take care of our families and the people we care about. But the tribe part, I mean, you know, just if that doesn't resonate with you, creating community in your business, then you don't have a really good business because you need that. And, and creating that a unique place for people to hang out with you, whatever it is, a service, a widget, whatever you do is so powerful. Uh, Richard, let me go to the next segment. And this is the application of the week. And, you know, you are extremely efficient, effective leader, entrepreneur. What, what do you use your, what's a uh, app you use on your smartphone that you'd like to share? Well, I'm going to give you one that I'm hoping your audience doesn't know about because I could go through all the usual ones. And it's called Workflowy, workflowy.com. It's absolutely free. And it's one of those kind of deceptively simple apps where when you start using it, you think, you know what, this is nothing but a way for me to create lists. And, 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 and it is. I mean, you create lists and then you can indent and indent and indent and add notes to it and so on. But what happens when you start using it is you realize, oh my gosh, this is the most powerful little freeform database in the world. And when you start searching or tagging, you find, I mean, I know people that have lists in Workflowy that have 5, 10, 15,000 lines on them, but you're able to immediately zoom in on just the things that you're most interested in. And here's the cool thing. You can take just one line or one section and share it with a team so that if you have one section on a particular project, that team can add items and notes just to that line. So you're seeing 50 lines. They're just seeing one section. And you could have four or five teams working together on different sections. You can also share it with other people. My wife and I share one section of Workflowy on trips we'd like to take and restaurants we'd like to go to. I share one section with the folks that monitor my health about what, uh, what medications I'm taking and supplements. So and long story short, check it out. It's I will, pretty I will pretty download amazing. it. It sounds, I have not heard of it, and I will download it. Let's go to the next section. And Richard here, what I'm looking for is the book of the day. You know, what is one of the books that you want to share with your fellow entrepreneurs? Oh, baby, I've got a good one for you. Well, it's called Boost Your Brain. And um, the author is Dr. Majid Fatoui, and he is a uh, neurologist at uh, Hopkins. 
the foreword is by uh, Michael Rosen, who's the author of the Real Age series. But here's the deal, John. In my estimation, one of the fears that we all have is losing our edge. Uh, sometimes we realize we can't remember names anymore, or there's like this short-term memory loss, or all kinds of things. Sometimes we feel fuzzy, we don't recover as quickly, and we think as we age, this is a natural process. Well, it's not. You don't have to lose that fine edge. And what the doctor here does is he really describes a whole process uh, by which you can not only maintain the edge of youth mentally, but increase it to a level that perhaps you didn't even have in your 20s and 30s. And he has a uh, kind of a brain camp and I remember my wife said the other day I want to go to brain camp with you and it said his office is up in Maryland but you can also do it all through the book so I've really gotten a lot out of it and I encourage um, the folks that are watching to not in any way shape or form feel that anything you may be experiencing is quote normal or unavoidable you can do something about it no this is great Richard, I really appreciate it. And let me go to the final segment here. And I'm going to put you on the spot as you have shared so much good stuff. And I mean, you are a guy who's what I love about doing this program, this podcast is that I get to hang out and I get to hang out with you in that mastermind group, but hanging out with fellow entrepreneurs who are making a difference. Because it's one thing for people to tell us, you were talking about the marketing you know, professor who's telling us concepts. And there's a big difference between concepts. I took marketing, I didn't major in it, I majored in economics, which were all concepts or econometrics. And you know, then got the MBA and all that other stuff. It's, you learn how to learn. It's from other entrepreneurs, though, the value of the insights. And what I'd like you to do is, what would be the one insight as you, you've, you know, this great career that you've had, the new adventures you're having, what would be the one insight that you'd want to share with our like-minded entrepreneurs? Well, it's, um, that's an easy one, actually. And I'll just ask the entrepreneurs that are listening, do you ever wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning worried that you cannot provide excellent service, that the product or service that you are providing or have invented, you're just not going to be able to pull it off. And I will tell you, 99 times out of 100, that's not why they're awake at 2 in the morning. They have no doubt that when they have a client or customer, they're going to do a great job. And if that's you, then you should be spending most of your time studying marketing and sales, studying the art and science of marketing. And if you're not going to classes, if you're not taking webinars, if you're not re reading books, if you're not devoting, I would say a couple hours a day, but at least a couple hours a week to learning how to market and sell, then you're doing yourself a huge disservice. Because I'll bet in one shape or form, that's why you are awake at 2 o'clock in the morning, either directly or because of lack of cash flow, indirectly yeah that that is and i i know in my own mind i'm going that's it and so aren't the our fellow entrepreneurs
Richard, let me share with you the, uh, my key takeaways. I mean, number one, I'm going to start with one of the things you've inspired me a lot is that you know, whoever you're going to be passionate about serving, be a hero to them. Really make a difference. And you know, you started to build a phenomenal business, 600,000 uh, individuals, young people that got you know, leadership and life success training, and you know, they're out there making a difference now. And and then you went on and you know, took 14 months off uh, along the way for the, uh, the kind of the the non-compete section of the typically an earnout type situation. And then you go. And you're doing it all over again, and you just touched, you know, uh, well over 3,000 young people, but their families and everything else. And I know I've been with you a few times since then, and everybody around you is inspired by that. So it's a huge journey. So number one, all of us as entrepreneurs, I want you to think about what Richard's doing. And he's so passionate, and he's going to be a hero, and he's making a difference. I've never heard Richard talk about money, okay, in the sense of. I'm in it to make money. And I, you know, and Richard, you and I get together with other people. We hear, you know, usually it's the least successful ones in our group are talking about making money. The most successful, it's they're going to make a difference. Two, what I, I, I'm going to say, embrace the fear. I mean, you know, there's, you know, what Richard talked about, his low point, I went through. I mean, not only when you sell your business, yeah, you get a check and everybody thinks you're a superstar. I went through that. Uh, and I questioned it as well as you did, Richard. But the other thing is I didn't have my team anymore. <laughs> and it's kind of like, okay, the people who helped me be hugely successful and they got rewarded for it, but they're not with me. Now I got to do the whole, you know, something else and really make a difference. And you know, it's a scary thought and make sure you embrace that and, and don't ever try to solve that fear by yourself. Bring other particularly successful entrepreneurs because everybody's lived that. And I love mastermind groups, whether it's AESNation.com here or, you know, I'd really encourage you one in your local market, your niche, or one of the national ones like Richard and I participate. And then I'm going to go, Richard, the, I'm going to follow up on your insight because I think it's so brilliant. You know, there's really only two things we have to do. I don't care what business you're in that you have to do really well. One is deliver a great client or customer experience. Okay, and you probably wouldn't have got to this level of success if you weren't already doing that. Doesn't mean you can't improve it. But the second thing you have to do is you got to get more people to raise their hand to explore working. You got to start that conversation. And I, I, Richard, I mean, that really resonated with me. I, I don't wake up on client experience. I do wake up on, am I getting enough hands in the air and, and creating that systemic process. There's so many people doing that. So, uh, you know, get involved with fellow entrepreneurs. Listen, as Richard said, to webinars, these podcasts, the, uh, virtual conferences, come attend live events, get together with like-minded entrepreneurs. You know, you don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. I want to be the dumbest guy hanging out with really smart people. Richard, I, I want to thank you for joining us today, sharing all these insights. It's been invaluable. And, and not only for sharing the insights, but the difference you're making in the world. I, I wish you the best of success in continuing that. Well, uh, it's been a pleasure being here, and I, I just want to say I think all of the points you made are, are so poignant. I think that marketing is the most important thing for one simple reason, because until you sell something, not a dollar is earned and not a life is changed. So it's been a real joy being with you and happy to do it anytime. Well, I appreciate Richard, and you know, everyone out there appreciates it, and the key is now is to go execute. You know, we've talked about some really important ideas. Let's go out and make a difference. Your 
current clients, your future clients, they're all counting on you. Don't let them down. We wish you the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com